with KSOM, KS95 News. I'm Tom Robinson. Our temperature right now, 66 degrees, heading for a high today of 86, low 61. There's a chance for some rain today. It'd be scattered thunderstorm variety. 84, the high on Friday, low 65. 87, Saturday, low 66, a 35% chance for some rain. 85 on Sunday, low 65, a 35% chance for rain. 85 on Monday, low 62, a 25% chance. And 83 on Tuesday, low 60, a 20% chance. 80 on Wednesday, low uh, with a 25% chance for some rain. The Atlantic School Board approved the Atlantic's business manager sharing agreement with the Adair Casey School District. The Atlantic School Superintendent Steve Barber recommended that the board approve the 2022-2023 sharing agreement last night. Approached to uh, share um, Sarah uh, with the Adair Casey uh, School District, as you know. Adair Casey's with Guthrie Center it's a situation. Their longtime SBO is retiring after the CAR is submitted in September. Um, also, you, you know, the superintendent over there, Mr. Josh Rasmussen, uh, had, had made that request. I guess we, we kind of knew that that was going to happen before he left to go there. Uh, many of you know that Sarah, uh, that's the school district that Sarah resides in, at least uh, in the Guthrie Center area. And um, she feels a uh, personal obligation to trying to help help them as well as committed to the quality work she does um, here for us in Atlantic. Barbara says the agreement is a 75% and 25% share agreement. Sheeter would take on the Adair Casey Board Secretary role and attend a monthly school board meeting. Barbara says the numbers are prorated based upon a specific day, which means Adair Casey would be responsible for 25% of the cost of Sheeter's salary. The following year, both districts would receive roughly $36,000 in operational sharing money. You know, I think it's, it's more of an opportunity for her to... Uh, be passionate about uh, Atlantic and be passionate about uh, the school district that she resides in. In other business, the board tabled the proposed strategic plan at Wednesday's special meeting. Board members discussed the draft at length and later voted to table the plan for further definition. Additionally, the board did not approve the board goals for lack of a motion to focus on advocacy and team building. And the board accepted contract recommendations for Daniel Town, middle school paraeducator, Loretta Beringer, preschool bus driver, and Gerald Luddington, substitute car van driver. Both majority candidates in Iowa's second congressional district are critical of the president's mood to forgive some student loan debt. Republican Congresswoman Ashley Henson of Marion says those who didn't go to college or have paid off their loans shouldn't be on the hook for someone else's debt. Liz Mathis of Hiawatha, the Democrat who's running against Henson, says the president's plan falls short in addressing the root problems of college affordability. Senator Joni Ernst, a Republican, says the president's plan is unfair to those who didn't go to college who have already paid off their student loans. And Republican Senator Chuck Grassley says canceling student debt discourages people from keeping their word that they'll repay loans. Democrat challenger Mike Franken calls the president's plan a welcome step, but says there's still a need for meaningful legislation to help lower the cost of attending college and trade schools. Democrat Deidre DeGere says if she's elected governor, she'll push for an immediate $300 million cash infusion for Iowa's public 
K through 12 schools. She says for the next school year, public schools should get at least a 4% annual increase in general state support to help deal with rising expenses, address unpredictable enrollment numbers, and address gaps in student achievement. Iowa Republican Party Chairman Jeff Coppin issued a statement accusing DeGere of offering false promises and said incumbent Governor Kim Reynolds has put more money toward public education every year she's been governor. And after several fender benders involving Iowa school buses this week, including some with injuries, authorities are reminding drivers about the importance of using caution whenever they spot the slow-moving yellow vehicles. Motorists may get impatient and try to zip around the bus before it becomes to a halt, but Trooper Paul Gardner, a public resource officer with the Iowa State Patrol based in Fort Dodge, says that could be both a life-threatening and expensive mistake. The penalty for passing a stop school bus is a minimum of $345 and a suspended driver's license. State lawmakers adopted a Caden's Law in 2012 after the death of seven-year-old Caden Halverson of Kensett, who was fatally hit by a pickup in 2011 while trying to cross the road to board a school bus. The law raised criminal penalties for passing a stopped school bus. Well, the Pottawatomie County Board of Supervisors on Tuesday approved a resolution declaring Pottawatomie County's stance against the use of eminent domain for the construction of carbon dioxide transmission pipelines. Supervisor Brian Shea. I'm not in favor of eminent domain for a private company to come through our properties and profit from it. I think they should work with the county or with the uh, landowners of each individual piece if they're going to get this. I think that's really important. Supervisor Justin Schultz says it is important to note that the issue of whether or not eminent domain is to happen is not a county board of supervisors function regardless of the board's opinion. The Iowa Utilities Board is the final say as to whether or not this will happen. Supervisor Brian Shea. The only thing the board gets to do is hire an engineer to oversee the remediation of the dirt and the soils. That's about all we can do. And one visitor said one of the things they're running into in Shelby County is a number of places this pipeline would cross the water utilities. I've got 1,300 miles of water line in the ground. Mm -hmm. I have a significant concern about what happens if there is a problem on that line, their line, because the impact of of that line under such high pressure uh, blowing anywhere close to one of my lines means I have a very good chance that I'm going to lose my that line. It will rupture at that close. So the county is actually looking at a proposal to require additional casing or wrapping of that line in any place where it comes close to one of our utilities uh, within the county. And, and I don't know if that's something that you so, guys have the purview to be able to adopt as an ordinance within the county that might mitigate some of that risk. And Supervisor Justin Schultz responded. What I can tell you is that these companies that are putting them in, I think there's three in Iowa total right now, mm-hmm. they're required to have an emergency action plan that has to meet you know, the Iowa Utilities Board holds them to the letter of that law. So they can't even begin to put one in unless they know that it's you know, secure for things like that. So if there were to be some type of rupture, they have an action plan in place to mitigate it. And, uh, you know, it has to be approved by that Iowa Utilities Board. Now, as far as doing extra, you know, casings or, or some type of layers of protection in between, um, that is not 
not really, I don't know that's a requirement we can make. Um, certainly look into it and see, but I'm not sure we can. The resolution states that while Pottawatomie County encourages business growth and development and recognizes the importance of ethanol facilities to the local economy, this particular type of pipeline should not be considered a public utility. The resolution says Pottawatomie County is opposed to the use of eminent domain laws against private landowners as there is no benefit to the general public. I'm Tom Robinson. ABC News is on the way.